Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Okay, I'm recording. With the majority in favor, New York City Council makes history. Non-citizens the right to vote in some local elections. Impacting approximately 800,000 New Yorkers. Yeah, I mean, New York City is embarking on an unprecedented experiment and allowing a huge number of of non-U.S. citizens to vote. And we want to know and we'll be watching to see how it affects and reshapes the elections here. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. As moves to restrict voting access in cities and states across the country cover the headlines, New York City is taking a different approach. Today, Aaron Durkin, who is out with a new piece in Politico's The 50, breaks down New York City's new law allowing its 800,000 legal non-citizens to vote in city elections, and how it could reshape local politics forever. This is something that has actually been a push for many, many years. Um, it's been proposed in the city council for quite some time, and it has always been controversial. There have always been legal concerns about it. Um, but finally, just towards the end of the last city council and the last mayoral administration, uh, the council was able to push it over the finish line. You know, sometimes some of these controversial priorities get pushed back to the very last minute. Um, so in mm-hmm. December, they were able to to finally pass that. Um, and, you know, there was some question as to whether the former mayor or the new mayor would sign it or allow it to become law because they both had some concerns about it. And ultimately, the new mayor, Eric Adams, uh, although he did not actually sign the legislation, he decided to allow it to become law uh, in January. And when we say non-citizen, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, so the population that is allowed to vote in this under this legislation is immigrants who have a green card or lawful permanent residence, as well as people who um, have work authorization to work in the United States. Um, a big group that that covers would be the so-called dreamers, the folks who may have mm-hmm. entered the country uh, or stayed in the country illegally uh, as as children, but now have been granted uh, permission to work in the United States and be protected from deportation. Hmm. And what were some of Eric Adams' hesitations initially? Yeah, so he actually had come out in support of this during the mayoral campaign, but shortly um, around the time he took office, he expressed some concerns about the fact that you only have to be living in the city for 30 days in Mm. order to register to vote um, under this law. Now, that's the same requirement that applies now to U.S. citizens. You know, if you move from another state, you have to be here for 30 days. But he was kind of saying in the uh, case of non-citizens, you know, if you've just moved to the country 30 days ago and to the city 30 days ago, that may not be long enough to sort of have the ties, um, you know, that are are needed to be a, a voter. Yeah. You wrote that non-citizens voting would reshape local politics forever, potentially. Yeah, I mean, so we're talking about a group of up to 800,000 people approximately who will newly be eligible to vote. So it is just a really significant, um, you know, number um, compared to about 5 million uh, registered voters currently. Now, of course, we have to see how many of these people are actually going to register, you know, how much outreach is there going to be and how much actual mobilization is there going to be. And and we don't know that. Um, So, you know, there are a lot of uh, variables um, that could 
could happen. But, you know, in certain districts, you have a really significant percentage of the population who are immigrants who are not currently eligible. And so this is really going to give more voice to those um, communities in terms of electing their local representatives. One thing I thought was really interesting in your piece is that it seems like it's not always obvious who's going to who supports this and who doesn't. Like, for example, in upper Manhattan, an area with a lot of black and Latino voters, some Democrats were worried that it would shift the power away from black voters. Yeah. Um, so I should say that this was a concern that was brought up in particular by uh, Laurie Cumbo, uh, who was the city council majority leader at the time. She has since left office. Uh, she actually is from Brooklyn, but she mentioned um, Upper Manhattan as, a, as an example of a place where this could have a lot of impact. Um, and some of the concerns are, well, will this dilute the power and the influence of U.S.-born Black voters? And she talked about you know, the impact of gentrification on the black community, the fact that businesses are closing, you know, and schools are changing. And she kind of said the one thing that um, black voters in New York City have left is their representation and their sort of power at the polls. Mm. Um, and so she expressed some concerns that, you know, if you enfranchise hundreds of thousands of, of additional people, um, you know, coming in many cases from Latin America and Asia, that you are going to dilute the power of, um, of you know, U.S.-born Black voters in the city. Hmm. And this is also being challenged in the court, right? Yes, it is. Um, so there's a lawsuit. The Republicans quickly filed a lawsuit saying essentially that this is illegal, that the state constitution and state election law um, do not allow non-citizens to vote, and the city does not have the power to kind of override that and make its own decision in this case. So that is pending in court. Hmm. And when is the first time that we'll see this in action? So voter registration is scheduled to begin in December, and then elections taking place in 2023. Um, the first big one is there's going to be a city council election in 2023. It's kind of a quirk of the calendar. Um, even though we just had the whole city council elected last year, it's going to happen again next year because of redistricting. So the whole city council will be up for re-election uh, with a primary uh, in June. It's possible wow. that if there's a special election that comes up, there could be an election before that, but that'll be the first big one. One thing I thought was really fascinating in your piece is you provided a little bit of history about non-citizen voting in the United States. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So non-citizen voting has um, been used in the past throughout history. I spoke to a, a professor who has studied uh, the history of this, who has researched that, you know, dozens of states at one point or another in history did allow non-citizens to vote. That historically voting was restricted, but it was restricted along racial lines and class lines. So if you yeah. were a white man who owned property, you could vote. They didn't care whether you were a U.S. citizen or whether you, you know, had come from a, a European country. You had to be white. You had to own property, but you didn't have to be a citizen. And at different times, this has been more popular and less popular. It has pretty much uh, been fully eliminated at uh, statewide levels uh, since the early 20th century. In New York City in particular, there was a particular case, which is local school board elections, in which if you were a parent of a child in the public schools, you could register to vote, regardless of whether you were a citizen. For instance, in the 1980s, there was a school board election where a lot of parents mobilized in Washington Heights. And, you know, they were able to increase the representation of the Dominican community and get some of the priorities that they wanted uh, for the schools. 
those school boards don't exist anymore because we now have mayoral control of schools. Um, so that ended about 20 years ago. And this is now bringing non-citizen voting back in, in a much wider scale. What do you think the, the general public might misunderstand or, or not get about this? That's a good question. I mean, it kind of depends on your perspective on this. I mean, you know, there have been some states that have um, banned non-citizen voting, even though, you know, it wasn't actually legal there to begin with. They just proactively went to the point of banning it. And, you know, it, it has been a very partisan issue in that sense of Republicans say, oh, this is something that Democrats want to do to increase the voting power of Democrats. I think an important thing to note is in New York City, which is overwhelmingly Democratic to begin with, that isn't necessarily the dynamic, even though, you know, the Republicans are, of course, opposing it. Mm -hmm. um, but that if you look at, um, you know, immigrant communities, even though they may be also overwhelmingly Democratic as, as the rest of the city is, their political leanings are pretty diverse. You have some people who are moderate, you have some people who are progressive, you know, you have some people who are, are particularly attuned to particular issues. And so it is not a monolith that is going to shift things in any one direction the way some people might think. Um, mm. But rather, it's, it's kind of going to be a little more complex and play out, you know, in different localities and different communities. That's interesting. This is just such a fascinating case study to look at because it's not insignificant that this has happened in New York City, the the best known melting pot in the United States. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we have big communities. I'm looking at some of the numbers, you know, from the Dominican Republic, from China, from Mexico. A lot of those folks have been mobilizing and trying to build their political power for quite some time, you know, and, and in electing representatives to the city council. And so, that has yeah now been able to crystallize in you know this this move to empower them more at the polls. What are you following going forward? Well, I think um, a few things. Number one, uh, the legal battle. You know whether this will actually be allowed by the courts to go forward um, and go into effect. Um, the logistics of how it's going to work out. You know the city board of elections has been pretty notorious for. Uh, mistakes. Um, a high profile thing that happened recently was when we had the mayor's race, ranked choice voting. They released some voting results that turned out to be wrong and they had to retract them and re-release mm -hmm. them. Um, so, you know, how they'll actually do it, implementing it will be interesting. And then the, and then the other thing that'll be very important is, uh, sort of the level of mobilization and turnout. Do you actually see non-citizens registering in large numbers and turning out to vote in large numbers? Or is there some more reluctance or some more indifference on behalf of people who might be concerned about immigration consequences, might be concerned about, you know, signing up in a government list or might just not be aware? Um, and does that, you know, depress the numbers or do we see a, a robust uh, turnout in this population? Aaron Durkin, thank you so much for talking with me. All right. Thank you so much. Also today, after last night's State of the Union address, the White House will announce its blueprint today to tackle the next phase of COVID. Biden officials have consulted for weeks with outside advisors, governors, and business executives to come up with a new plan as the U.S. enters what officials hope will be a less disruptive endemic stage of the virus. And... After nearly a year of negotiating, Major League Baseball failed to reach a new collective bargaining agreement with its players' union, and the first two series of the 2022 regular season were canceled, with no clear time frame of when games will resume. I know at least two baseball fans who are upset by this. 
Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.